Welcome to the Hope for ACD podcast, the podcast for adults with divorced parents and those who love them. We're glad you're here as we discuss how adults with divorced parents can take steps towards better relationships with God, themselves, their spouses, and others. Now, here is your host, therapist and author, Kent Darcy. Hi, this is Kent Darcy. Welcome to Hope for ACD, Hope for Adult Children of Divorce. Every year around this time, I do a blog or podcast addressed to those who are thinking about divorce. Uh, We're heading into divorce season. The first Monday in January is the biggest day of the year for divorce, inquiries, filings, etc. That's been true now for many years. And actually, some of you listening are probably thinking about it, already have the number, probably some of you. So let's look at this. First, most of what I'm going to share today does not apply to situations where there is physical or emotional abuse. That's a separate situation that we'll talk about another time. Uh, There is no biblical justification for physical or emotional abuse. Uh, Physical abuse, emotional abuse is just against the heart of Christ. And and while abuse usually is male against female physical abuse, um, it's amazing in my practice how often I see or hear of women throwing the first punch or they will slap their husband. Um, I mean, it looks good on TV, but it just is not acceptable uh, in any marriage, let alone a Christian one. But the statistics show that the vast majority of divorces have nothing to do with physical or emotional abuse. And, you know, if you're considering divorce right now, most likely it's not even because of an affair. That stopped being the number one reason for divorces a long, long time ago. It's probably because you're just tired of the arguing. You're tired of not getting your needs met. You know, a.k.a. they don't really care about me or they work too much. They don't help around the house. They never want to have sex. You know, they don't support my goals. They sit around all the time or any number of other reasons. But as adults with divorced parents, we need to remember a couple of things. First, we don't have a good relational template. Nicholas Wolfinger, who is a researcher, writes, When either the husband or wife is a child of divorce, those marriages were almost twice as likely to fail as marriages where neither spouse came from a divorced family. Marriages between two spouses from divorced families were more than three times as likely to fail. But here's the interesting part for me. Wolfinger finds children of divorce are more likely to cut and run. So we don't have a good template. As a result, we kind of just bail. Another thing is as adults with divorced parents, we have to be very careful of our resources when we're having trouble where we're going for help. If you want solid marriage advice, you don't go to a friend or a coworker who's been divorced twice and hates men or hates women. I mean, that just isn't a good source. Also, the research shows that children of divorce often don't go to their parents. You know, when they're first starting a relationship, they don't go to their parents because, you know, dad's had six girlfriends, mom's had four boyfriends, and they just don't consider them a credible source. But when their marriage has trouble, the first people they go to are their divorced parents. And I'm not dissing parents or anything, but they're not always the best source for marriage helps. So what can you do if you're thinking about divorce? Well, the first thing is review good marriage resources for you. And this is a hard thing. You know, when I have couples in the office, in the beginning, they are totally focused on what their spouse is doing, all the things they've done wrong, all the ways they've offended them. And we have to refocus on how we are contributing to the chaos. And that's hard, really hard when you're hurting. 
But we are the one part of the equation that we can control. So some really good resources. Uh, I love and respect ministries. Uh, Emerson Eckerich's group. Uh, really, really good material as far as what the men's needs are and what the women's needs are. Shanti Feldhahn has some really great material for women only and for men only. Great, great materials on what makes men tick, what makes women tick, because there's so many misconceptions that really wreak havoc in relationships. Gary Chapman has a book you may have heard of called The Five Love Languages, a really good resource because he found in his research that we tend to love in our own language. So if I like gifts, then I'm going to express love by giving gifts. Well, if the person you're giving gifts to, that's not their love language, say it's physical touch, then they're not going to feel loved. And that was something that they learned uh, and really explained well in that book. Gary Thomas has a really good book called Sacred Marriage, which is basically marriages going through the fires and, and how you can come out the other side successfully. And also my book, Choose a Better Path, Overcoming the Impact of Your Parents' Divorce, deals with a lot of the issues we drag into these relationships that causes them to fail. We don't trust. We have fear of inadequacy, fear of conflict, uh, often big-time anger issues. And a lot of the times, it's not the person we're married to that's triggering this stuff. It's coming from the past. So when we can be aware of these things, it really can help. But we want to make sure we're finding good marriage resources for us. The second thing we want to do is keep perspective. When we're in pain, when things just aren't going that great, very often there's an expression that says, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Well, that may sound good, but that's not always the truth. Diane Soleil, the director of Smart Marriages, says, the new relationship is only going to be new for a few short years. Then you'll be back to trying to figure out how to make a marriage work. Except this time you'll have to do it with the added baggage of exes, jealousy, stepkids, child support, and visitation. And she finishes by saying, and don't kid yourself that single life doesn't get old, lonely, and boring. So the grass always seems greener on the other side, but it's just not true. This is also backed up by the Gottman Research Group. They studied thousands of couples for over 20 years out in Washington. They had the Gottman Love Lab. And what they found was that 69% of the stuff that drives us nuts is never going to change. They are never going to close the drawers. They're always going to do the toothpaste wrong. They're always going to ask the same question that drives you crazy. And here's the problem. Trade in your spouse for a new model. But here's the problem. Okay, you trade in your spouse for a new model. But now you have a new 69%. Also, I hate to break this to you, but you have your 69% too, which you are now dragging into the new relationship, which is another reason we have to deal with us first. And again, I'm not talking about physical or emotional abuse in these situations. So we need to keep perspective. The next thing is we need to keep the faith. It is very likely that right now your faith is being challenged to the core. Most of us with divorced parents swear that we'll never put our kids through what we went through. But something has happened and we're hurting. And we get to a place where our level of emotional pain exceeds our level of faith in God's abilities. Let me say that again. Our level of emotional pain exceeds our level of faith in God's abilities. This is normal. I mean, life happens. We see it in the Bible. Moses was having just a big-time problem with the Israelites. They're complaining and whining and carrying on. And one day he tells God, and this is in Numbers 
chapter 11, verse 15. He says, if this is how you're going to treat me, Moses is talking to God. If this is how you're going to treat me, please just go ahead and kill me. Now, Moses is having a bad day. Uh, But in Psalm 73, we read something similar. The psalmist writes, this is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely, in vain, I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long, I've been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. What we're seeing is his level of emotional pain is exceeding his level of faith in God's abilities. It happens. And then there's us. You get in a relationship, and it gets difficult, and we start, well, they don't really care about me. Marriage was never supposed to be like this. Now I see why my parents divorced. And the level of emotional pain exceeds our level of faith in God's abilities. It happens, but we can't live there. Moses didn't. Later in that chapter, we read, Show me your glory, Lord. I want to see your face. And the psalmist didn't. Later in Psalm 73, the psalmist writes, When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. They didn't live there. See, when we live there, the truth starts to blur. And we start to believe our situation is an exception to God's standards. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. It says, What God has joined, let no man put asunder. It says, With God, all things are possible. It says, We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Those are God's words. But do we believe them anymore? Has our emotional pain exceeded our belief in God's abilities? And I'm not throwing stones. We've all been there. Unbelievable. I'm not throwing stones. We've all been there. But what you're considering has lifelong implications, particularly if you have kids. And that's the last point I want to address. In regards to the truth about kids and divorce, today the popular belief is if the parents don't argue and scream a lot, if they co-parent well and don't demean each other and call each other names, if they don't put the kids in the middle, if they respect each other's new significant others, if they put the kids' needs first, then the kids will be okay. That's a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs. And we often forget that for spouses, this is the second most traumatic event a marriage can experience, second only to the death of a spouse. So there's a lot of emotional pain with divorced parents. So these ifs are often a challenge. The truth is the kids will always have to choose between you and your ex at weddings, funerals, graduations, baby announcements. You know, I, you know, I've been doing this since 2004, and it's amazing how many times I've heard people say that the first time their parents got together again since the divorce was at their wedding rehearsal. Imagine the amount of anxiety these adults with divorced parents are experiencing in a situation like that. And if it's great divorce you're considering, I mean, you've been married 25, 30 years and the kids are out of the house, the choose thing, you know, who they choose is even worse. And we've actually got other podcasts and stuff that have dealt with that. We're going to be talking about that more because it's, it's really becoming a hot issue these days. But 
the kids will always have to choose. The second thing is the kids' lives will change in ways they just don't want. Holidays are a hassle. They have to change schools. They lose friends. They miss sports. The list just goes on and on. The economic condition often gets lower. They don't have the options they used to have. And none of this is by their choice. And the last thing we're going to look at just in our brief overview here is it greatly increases the likelihood of your kids divorcing or not marrying, just living together. So you're thinking about divorce. Your parents are divorced. Probably at least one of their parents are divorced. And now it's your turn to break the cycle. I'm not saying don't divorce. I don't know your situation. I am asking you to look at what we've talked about and be honest if it applies to you. I tell this to a lot of people. (laughs) They don't always believe me, but it's true anyway. In a lot of the cases, if we would apply all the energy and the effort and the sacrifice we'll make for the next relationship, if we applied all that to this relationship, it would probably change. But we stopped doing that a long time ago because of the hurt. So, you know, just as we wrap things up, before you make the call this first Monday of January, get some resources. Call a Christian counselor. Connect with a solid married couple. Give God a chance to change you. And later, God willing, your spouse. With God, all things are possible. Thanks for listening today. I don't believe in coincidences. I only believe in God incidences. It was no coincidence that you heard this program today or it was shared with you. I encourage you to take it to heart. If you have any questions, contact me at Kent at HopeForACD.com. Kent at Hope, the number four, ACD.com. I'm also told that if you like this and subscribe, um, it helps others to get messages like this more readily. I don't know how that works, but please like subscribe, follow, whatever. (laughs) Uh, One of these days I'll learn all that stuff. I really appreciate that though. So uh, until next time, uh, let us heed the words of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. This has been the Hope for ACD podcast, which is produced by Adult Children of Divorce Ministries. We'd love to hear from you. Please email any questions or comments to questions at hope4acd.com. That's questions at hope the number four, acd.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, may God bless you with his peace and joy.